If you're an executive, entrepreneur, seasoned investor, or just a student of the game, you'll love The Great Fail, Adweek's Entrepreneurship Podcast of the Year, a show that artfully uncovers some of the biggest fails in business history and how it might have been prevented. The Great Fail is entertaining, informative, and told through a true crime narrative in under 30 minutes that keeps you at the edge of your seats. So check out The Great Fail wherever you get your podcast. Podcasting, in a sense, dates back to the mid-1990s and the early days of internet radio. Audio subscription services distributed audio files that listeners could play, pause, and skip at their leisure. Originally referred to as audio blogging, the term podcasting didn't enter our vernacular until 2004. Since then, the industry has seen a meteoric rise in popularity and innovation. In this episode of On the Mic with Ad Results Media, we will be taking the research notes that we have accumulated throughout our past episodes and discussing the timeline and history of podcasting. So let's get started. That's the great thing about Stamps.com. They grow with you. As much fun as I had, I couldn't wait to get back to my sleep number bed. Yep. I love my third love bras. They're hands down the most comfortable bras I've ever owned. I love making Blue Apron. I love it. It's my me time. There are a number of well-written and interesting articles that can be found on the why behind podcasting. Why did it become so popular? Why did it grow so quickly? Why should you or shouldn't you start your own podcast? But in this episode, I want to focus on the history of the medium and, you know, the fact that people feel like it just kind of exploded out of nowhere. So Nate, let's kind of start with how you got into podcasting. Uh, so I got interested in podcasts because of a creative writing professor uh, at U of H, Matt Johnson, who asked us to listen to a new podcast called Serial. And uh, we were going to discuss the the structure and the writing um, in the class. And, uh, I mean, I think I was familiar with podcasts before, but I was sucked in by that show for sure. And it was also really great to be able to like kind of analyze the writing, but, um, that just started like a, a domino effect for me. It was one after another after that. I actually got into podcasts with the No Sleep podcast. I discovered our No Sleep on Reddit and I was really into all of the short stories that were being posted there. And so when I learned about the podcast, I was like, this is excellent. This is something that I can also listen to in my free time or at work. And that just kind of opened the floodgates for me. So regarding the actual birth of podcasting, during my research, I found that there was some back and forth on when podcasting actually became a thing. However, the birth of the podcast seems to always find its way back to two very specific individuals, RSS developer Dave Weiner and MTV VJ Adam Curry. The main difference between what we know as podcasting and its predecessor, audio blogging, is the ability to deliver the audio through RSS feeds or really simple syndication. Are you familiar with RSS? Vaguely, but I did not know that it was called really simple syndication. That's a great name. So this technology was developed in part by Dave Weiner. The ability to carry audio files via the RSS feed was actually released in 2000 when Weiner launched RSS 0.92. Throughout that year, he had received several requests for audio blogging features, and he had also previously discussed this possibility with his colleague, Adam Curry. 
In January 2001, Weiner demonstrated this RSS enclosure feature by enclosing a Grateful Dead song in his web blog, uh, which is really cool. But unfortunately, for the first two years, the enclosure element was pretty much ignored by developers and wouldn't show up on the timeline again until October of 2003, when Dave Weiner helped organize the first BloggerCon Web Blogger Conference, which is a very long name. Uh, this conference included a talk on the history of audio blogging, as well as another demonstration of the RSS enclosure and how they could be used to pass audio to iTunes and from there onto your iPod. Mm. And that's when, so that's when we get podcasting from obviously from the iPod. Oh. Yes, exactly. So podcasting the term wouldn't actually be coined until February, 2004, when Guardian journalist Ben Hammersley suggested the name for the technology. So it's a portmanteau of iPod and broadcasting. Yes, that's a $10 word right there, portmanteau. I, I just want to pause and say that the BloggerCon Web Blogger Conference could have taken a page out of RSS's playbook in naming themselves. Yes, <laughs> pared that down just a little bit. So it was kind of interesting. Several months after the term podcasting kind of became a thing, registered domains such as podcast.net began popping up online. And early podcast evangelists, Dave Weiner and Adam Curry, also adopted the name. So they added some, some credence to the new term. By October 1st, 2004, there were over 2,000 hits on the search term podcast, according to Google. That number continued to double every few days. Around the same time, how-to articles on podcasting began appearing online and Liberated Syndication, or Libsyn, launched the first podcast service provider which offered storage and RSS creation tools to users. That same month, PodTrack launched its free download tracking service along with audience demographic surveys. So once the name came into being, things really started to pick up really quickly. Yeah, it's almost like everyone was racing to adopt that technology and build on it like right at the start. You know, as as we just stated, podcasting and the support of the new medium grew really quickly. In May of 2005, podcasting Do It Yourself by Todd Cochran was released. And in June, Apple launched iTunes 4.9, which added podcasting to its library. This addition pretty much rendered any other aggregator applications unnecessary to most users. Um, during their keynote speech of the same year, Apple also promoted podcast creation through their GarageBand software, which really, really started getting folks on board. In July of 2005, George W. Bush became the first president of the United States to hold a podcast when the White House added the RSS 2.0 feed to their website. At that point, all of the previously recorded weekly radio addresses became immediately available to listeners across the globe. In addition to both of those wins from Apple and the White House, the first People's Choice Podcast Awards was hosted in July of 2005. So again, you can see how quickly these ramped up to already have an award show dedicated to the medium man 2005 that's like it's crazy to think about both how long ago that was and also how new the technology is really if you think about it so in september of that year exactly one year after the first trafficking hit for the term podcast google found more than 100 million hits on the term started off <laughs> in 2004 and you have 100 million just a year later so podcasting was also labeled as New Oxford American Dictionary's Word of the Year in December and would make its official appearance in the dictionary in 2006. That puts it into perspective how late I really was 
and getting interested in podcasts because they had been around for so long. I mean, I, I'm sure I listened to episodes here or there, but I don't think that, I don't know. I don't think I was nearly as in tune to all of this as it was happening. I know that I wasn't for sure. Um, my kind of foray into podcasts really kind of aligns with me joining Ad Results Media, which was about six years ago. And even then, Ad Results was just getting into the podcast advertising space. So from here, podcasts launched themselves from obscurity to a fully viable medium, the growth of which, as we discussed, was explosive. In January 2006, Steve Jobs demonstrated how to make a podcast using GarageBand in his keynote speech. Then in February, Ricky Gervais launched a podcast version of The Ricky Gervais Show, which garnered itself a place within the Guinness Book of World Records as being the world's most downloaded podcast. In just a few months, the podcast had been downloaded almost 18 million times. 2006 also saw the launch of the podcast version of This American Life, which also blasted its way to success and is still averaging over 2 million downloads per episode today. At this point, we really start to see the swift rise of podcasting. During this span of time, countless shows are launched across numerous emerging networks. The Adam Carolla Show, which was launched in February of 2009 and is now considered a flagship in the podcasting sphere. In 2011, the Adam Carolla Show actually became the Guinness World Records holder for the most downloaded podcast after receiving 59,574,843 unique downloads, overtaking the previous record set by the Ricky Gervais Show. In 2014, Serial was launched by This American Life and shocked everyone, receiving 68 million downloads by the end of its first season, and it won a Peabody Award, being the first podcast to do so. Serial is also credited as popularizing the true crime podcast. And interestingly enough, surveys indicate that the podcast listenership had actually dipped in 2012 and 2013, but actually rose by 3% in 2014 with the launch of Serial. So that doesn't sound like a huge number, but the fact that a single show was able to create a lift in podcast listenership is a huge deal. I was just going to say what struck me is you look at the numbers that you're talking about after two years, you know, the Adam Carolla show had this crazy number. They received 68 million downloads by the end of their first season when they won the Peabody Award. So it's, it's like, you know, we had a two year span and then the serial is like after that, immediately after that first season, they were already like breaking records. And that's just like that acceleration. I feel like that's just something that you don't see anywhere else. Like it really is unique to podcasting. So there was one interesting blip in the podcast history timeline that I wanted to talk about because I didn't find it on most timelines, but I did come across it um, in an article written in The Verge. So apparently in February of 2013, a company called Personal Audio LLC sued several high-profile podcasts claiming that they had a patent on podcasting. Luckily, in October of that same year, the Electronic Frontier Foundation filed a petition against them and brought the, you know, just the kind of general history of podcasting to the forefront, um, showing that it did go back to 2000 and basically nullified that entire lawsuit. Just an interesting little blip. It, it's kind of funny to think that these people came in, what, 13 years after. If we had recorded our history of podcasting episode 
before then they would have known better. That's all I'm saying. They would have, we would have just said, see the podcast where we just told you that you did not invent podcasting. (laughs) Podcasting definitely would have looked a lot different nowadays. So the lawsuit went on actually for a few years, uh, but was eventually thrown out in 2018. Um, Basically what they tried to claim was infringement on their patent, which claimed a system for disseminating media content and serialized episodes. But they had never developed the technology, right? So No, they didn't. Well, I think we know why they lost. (laughs) So with that, that brings us a little closer to present day. Um, In 2018 iHeart made a pretty huge move by buying the Stuff Network for $55 million, and Intercom purchased stake in Cadence 13. But it was 2019 that was truly a model year for podcasting. According to Edison Research's Infinite Dial report, more than half of Americans had listened to a podcast at that point. Podcast creation also continued to grow as we saw over 700,000 podcasts and 29 million episodes. That's a lift of 27% from 2018. Also during this time, Spotify acquired Gimlet, Anchor, and Parcast to the tune of $400 million. So huge growth from 2018 to 2019. That brings us to 2020, which was another very interesting year in podcasting. One, because we had coronavirus, which came into the scenes, but that really didn't slow down podcasting and um, you know, audio advertising as a whole. So in February of 2020, Spotify bought The Ringer for nearly $200 million. And in May of 2020, Joe Rogan signed a multi-year deal with Spotify. So two huge moves for Spotify right there. In July of 2020, SiriusXM acquired the podcasting app Stitcher as part of a $325 million deal. And another huge step was in September of 2020 when Amazon launched podcasts as part of its Amazon Music service. We are on Amazon as well, by the way. So in November of 2020, it was said that podcast advertising revenue was set to reach $1.4 billion despite the COVID-19 pandemic. During this time, Spotify also confirmed its deal to buy Megaphone for $235 million. So still just huge strides being made. Yeah, 2020 was this year, I think, we all we already knew that there was a lot of potential, right? Like, we just went through all of the numbers and, like, how obvious the acceleration was. And 2020 was just, like, proof positive that a lot of people had been paying attention and were making moves to invest long-term. Absolutely. But this is not going anywhere. I think it's also a testament to the resiliency of the industry, like it, it really just continued to grow and just continued forward with, with the growth that it had been experiencing over the past few years. So I have some interesting stats from 2021 so far. I know that we are coming up to March, um, but I did pull some numbers to really bring us to current day. So as of January, 2021, Data shows that there are currently over 1,750,000 podcasts and over 43 million episodes. 
75% of the U.S. population is now familiar with the term podcasting, and that's up from 70% in 2019. 55% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast, and that's up from 51% in 2019. 37% have listened to a podcast in the past month, which is up from 32% in 2019. And um, something interesting, 45% of monthly podcast listeners have a household income over 75K. Podcast listeners listen to an average of seven different shows per week, which is up from five different shows per week in 2017. And this one just kind of was a little funny to me. 19% of listeners increase the speed at which they listen to their podcasts. Do you do that? I do not. It. I absolutely do this. You do? Yeah, I absolutely do this. Not not for every show, but I'm not surprised by that number at all. I I was. It's it's much higher than I thought that it would be. I actually expected it to be higher, if I'm being honest. How I think, yeah. How interesting. I mean, there are definitely certain shows it doesn't lend itself to, because some people speak pretty fast already. I think that all of the all of the numbers you're talking through just show, podcasting is just another aspect of this general trend it's way bigger than podcasting it's in the internet it's in social media but podcasting is qualitatively you know it's it's so it's so intimate you know to have um you know someone's voice in your ear and there's a reason that all the numbers are up and they're not going anywhere and the reason that people are trying to 19 percent of people are trying to fit even more podcasts in in a given minute by speeding things up is because they're hungry for this stuff. The fact that listeners are listening to seven different shows per week, that's so much content that's being consumed. And also, you know, a lot of content creation, like this is a lot of shows being made every year. One thing that stuck out to me that I was not surprised by, comedy is the most popular genre, followed by education, which did surprise me a little bit. And then news, which, again, did not surprise me. <laughs> I feel like comedy would be the kind of podcast I would not be speeding up. Yeah, it's the timing is important. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. The, you want to feel like you're sitting on the couch with the, whoever it is, with the host. And if, instead, it feels like you're in this weird alternate reality where they talk, you know, 50% faster than they normally do. That's not the vibe. But in the education category... I think that's probably where you're in and maybe even in news. I think that's at least personally where I'm more likely to speed things up because I'm trying to digest more quickly. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I I spend most of my time listening to true crime. And mm -hmm. so there's something about speeding that up that <laughs> doesn't really no, seem to fit for me. It messes with the pace. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So one final piece of information that was very interesting to me is um, South Korea actually leads the world in the percentage of people who have listened to a podcast in the past month at 58%. So they were significantly ahead of the rest of the countries that I was looking at um, during my research. So that was kind of, that stood out to me. I thought that was interesting. Is the 37% number, is that US listeners or is that worldwide? That's US. Wow, so that's a huge difference. 21% gap there. All, all that this is telling me, everything that we've talked through here is that if you aren't bullish on podcasting, you probably should be because really in the span of, I mean, what, 15, 
to 17 years, nothing but growth and a lot of people expecting even more growth to come. So obviously we're biased, but, but the facts also sort of speak for themselves. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes and leave us a comment with your feedback, questions, or ideas for future segments. If you would like more info on Ad Results Media and what we do, please visit us online at adresultsmedia.com. This podcast is an Ad Results Media production. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.